So just got done with a really interesting interview with Rachel Wixie with the Wixie Wellness Center. I, I got to tell you, I was blown away because I, as somebody who has meditated for like over 15 years now, I only thought of it in, in one dimension. And now to have someone locally who I've been good friends with for a long time explain to me all the different ways that meditation fits, all the people it can work for, just all the all the goodness. Like there's literally so many good things that have to do with meditation. And for those of us that have studied it at all, um, it's so good for people. And reaching out to the young people sooner and giving them this skill and this tool. It's going to be awesome. This is a really good one, guys. Please tune in. Make sure you've subscribed. If you haven't, share this with your friends, all those good things. Much love. Thanks a lot. Y'all ready for this? Welcome to the Dan DeVerna Podcast, where we talk about business, life, and how to win it both. Let's just get talking about what we're here to talk about, which I think really is your new adventure, let's call it, because I think this is something that, unless I'm mistaken, like Toledo has been missing forever. And um, I'm here with Rachel Wixie, and we're going to be spending a little bit of time kind of just going back and forth about some of the cool things that she's done in her past and is doing now. And now what I think is so cool about it is giving it to all of us because I've always known about meditation since martial arts. Like martial arts was my formal introduction to meditation, but now you are coming through this like whole different door. Like, I don't know if it's, it's kind of the front door of the path for the, the Wixie center for wellness. And can you just tell us a little bit about, tell us about the center eventually, but tell us about how in the world do you get such a bold idea to create in Toledo? Because Toledo's not early adopters on things. So I'd love to hear kind of how this all evolved. It's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot packed in that. Um, So if you're willing, I think what I'm feeling like right now is could, could I do just like a check-in and a check-in for me is actually, it's a, it's a meditative or a mindfulness experience and it's to be able to go in and um, notice what I have going on, name it. And sometimes that helps diffuse some nervous energy. Yeah. I have it. I'm not a video person in general. Uh So, um, what I know right now is that like, my breathing stopped for a couple seconds and it shouldn't. So I want to, I want to regain my breath. I want to feel, um, my, my feet on the ground. I know my heart is racing. Um, I thought we were all audio today and then it was, yeah, I curveballed you. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me that morning of, and that's so fun. It's so fun. And I'm also all about saying yes. So I think this is really cool that you're willing to take some time in your space to talk about this. And, you know, you said some fun things. I, I love the front door, you know, like taking us through the front door for this. And I think the best place for me to start based on some of the things that you just said would be, um, you know, you said Toledo's not really early on some of these things, and we're not. Mm-hmm. And my story actually will kind of touch on that just a little yeah. bit. So I, I'll start maybe somewhere around 2008. And in 2008, I was um, working in a family business, mm-hmm. and I think everything from the outside looking in, um, maybe at me and my life looked 
pretty good. Probably looked decent. I had a, a good job, family business, and you know everybody's into family business, so it was um, people enjoyed that. I had a husband and two kids, so raising a young family. I still have a husband and two kids, <laughs> um, but everything from the outside looking in probably looked really good. Mm-hmm. Everything on the inside was completely different than that. So I had at the time a lot of if I were just to kind of name you know, themes. I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of resentment. I had a lot of judgment. I should probably start with that. Maybe judgment is so much a part of, I think what we can tend with in the world once you start a practice, like noticing judgment is such a big piece of a meditation practice in general. And what I knew was there had to be another way. There had to be another way of being with the world. There had to be another way of being with my experiences, my relationship to myself and my relationship to other people. And so I started um, looking, seeking, reading, seeking, reading, seeking. I'm a big reader. And um, I think we're all seekers in general. I think that there's always that part within us that knows um, how we're intended to live. And anytime we're too far off from that place, there's something about that that makes us go looking. And we look in a variety of different ways, right? Yeah. So it was through that seeking that I came to a body of work that um, I didn't know it at the time. It didn't explicitly say, we're going to start you on a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. But it was a daily practice. It was reading a body of work. And I would read one what's called lesson, one lesson a day. And then at the end of the short lesson, short being anywhere from three lines to three pages, it would then say, now let your eyes close and do this. Mm -hmm. And so really, Dan, it was a contemplative practice that I was starting, but I didn't really realize maybe until a few months into it when I was like, you know, setting the alarm for 5 a.m. so that I could carve out that protected time. Mm -hmm. My children were still very young and um, that I could have that time and that space for myself. And Um, eventually I realized that it was, you know, it was a contemplative meditation practice, even though it didn't name that I knew that's what I was getting into. And, you know, five minutes turned into 15 minutes, turned into 45 minutes. And, um, now, you know, a morning practice can be anywhere from like we talked about earlier, five minutes to an hour and five minutes, just depending on how much time you can allow yourself and, um, how much you want to drop into that practice at any given time. And I don't know at what point, it was probably maybe, you know, within the following year or so that I was able to make the direct correlation between my meditation practice and every area and every relationship in my life improving, like all of it. Wow. And um, I kind of thought, I went through this whole, and I still get a little bit of... I went through this whole range of emotions about it because I thought, why the hell didn't they give us this in school? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, they focus so much on some of this, uh, the things that we focus on in school. And I'm not saying don't focus on those things. But right. You can't include some basic awareness practice. You can't include how to self-regulate your body and your emotions on purpose when I'm seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Right. Um, and I'm sitting here at the time. I don't know how I'll date myself. Uh, how old was I in 09, 010? We're, the, we're close yeah. to the same age. So we were young. Too damn old. <laughs> I was too old to be just getting this. So I spent right. a little bit of time kind of angry about it. Like, what the heck is this? So I started poking around and I thought, well, maybe there are places that do teach this mm-hmm. um, in, in schools. And I just live in maybe a... Yeah. An area that's taking a while. Not an early adopting area. Right. <laughs> an area that's taking a while to catch up. And... In looking, I did find that there's an organization um, called Mindful Schools that teaches teachers 
to provide mindfulness curriculum to K-12 youth. Okay. Cool, right? Very cool. Super cool. Great. And I kind of um, just really um, watched them from the fringe for a while. Like I wanted to pay attention, know what they were about. Yeah. wanted to know if their, you know, what I was seeing, reading, hearing, learning from them resonated with what was true for me. Mm-hmm. And over time, I found that every bit of it was and then some. And, and so eventually I actually... Um, started taking what their prerequisite courses were for being able to take a year-long certification program. And that year-long certification program I ended up taking, and it was to be able to teach K-12 youth mindfulness curriculum as an outside provider. I'm not an educator by, you know, training. Mm I went to school and I studied English. I'm a writer, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's what my love is, reading, writing, Um, but not a teacher. And so I I did this. And um, through that work, I found that, well, here's what I think. I think kids are cool and adults are the messy ones. Yeah. So I I love working with adults. And um, somewhere in that story, let's see, I ended up leaving that position, that family business that Mm -hmm. I was in. And um, I formed my own business in um, May of 2010. And that business was educational staffing. You're familiar Mm -hmm. with that business? I am. And it was, you know, throughout my work um, in that industry that I was working with a lot of different public pre-K through 12 schools. And then, of course, my own staff. So I had an internal staff of about 30. I had people working in the field, um, maybe about 3,000 people that could be in schools at any given day. And um, I started actually holding open-sit meditations for my internal team. And um, open-sit just meant, I'm going to hold a 30-minute meditation practice. If you want to come, come on in. It's voluntary. If you don't know Love Lost, there's nothing held against yeah. you. This is a really personal So journey. they would do that on work time. Like, yeah, they, they could would just do that come on in work time. And be like, all right, well, that's a nice 30-minute break, and that doesn't cost me anything. So even if they did it for maybe not the best reason, they're going to get the nutrients that come with that regardless. Oh, I love that. Is that what you were thinking? Can I use that sometime? <laughs> you can use that yeah, anytime. Yeah, I want to use that. They did. They do get the nutrients. <laughs> no matter what. And you're, and you're right. I think some people came out of the curiosity of, man, you know, I hear about meditation. I've been wanting to start that. I don't know how. I'll, right. I'll come and put my ear in on that. And some people were like, half hour off them. I'm in. Yeah. So it was a combination. You're absolutely right about that. And we probably had of the people who were local physically in our offices at the time, about 70% of our staff show up for that mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And the majority of them were returning every time we had an open set that they could. Awesome. So if I had two a week, they would be in one or two. Yeah. You know, and, and also on the other side of it, Dan, is people who didn't want to, like there were a handful that just flat out, that's a, that's a hard no for me. That's a no thank you. Never walked in once. Yeah. And um, I know just from my own path, what a personal journey that is. So, you know, whenever, um, somebody says thank you, but no, thank you. I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, one of the things I thought just picking up as you're referencing practice. Yeah. So I was thinking about like when I started doing martial arts, it's my martial arts practice, yeah. but with a lot of thing, other things, like when you go to the normal gym, they don't call it practice. Oh, they call it, yeah, it's a workout. You know, like yeah. they don't call CrossFit practice. Yeah. And I love yeah, CrossFit. I think it's great. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think you could say there was a yoga practice, there's a martial arts practice, there's a meditation practice. Yes. And I think that thing that 
that word does for me, and and this making this about me for a second is that's what martial martial arts is the is you just practicing. Yeah. So we have these certain things that Sensei taught us. One of them is practice exactly the way you want to perform. Mm. So you you don't do that on the first day. Yeah. You know you do that yeah. over the course of. You know, now for you, X amount of years for mm-hmm. me, I'm, I just, I know my meditation practice mm-hmm. links directly to the first day that my sensei told me about mm-hmm. to meditate. Like I didn't know I was going to get that when I walked into martial yeah. arts class. Yeah. And before we started the very first martial arts class, he said, all right, sit in attention, yeah. spine straight, mm-hmm. nowhere more important to be, nothing more important than needs to be done. Focus on the breath, the inhalation, the exchange, the exhalation. Should the mind wander, which it will, just simply bring it back to the breath. Mm-hmm. So I can remember the first times, like you'd hear a noise, you're thinking about the noise, you'd smell a smell. I smell that, oh, that smells like my grandma's pie. Now I'm all of a sudden in my grandma's kitchen yeah. thinking about eating a piece of pie, and then I realize I'm way over here. I just yeah. come back, and that's what meditation is yeah. just coming back. And I think people really make that, they, they hear that word and it means something way bigger, like way more, like not the opposite of what it should make them feel, right? Meditation is a, such a wonderful thing, but to think you're going to be any better at that on the first day than you would mm-hmm. be at CrossFit or martial arts or running. Mm-hmm. Can you, do you have any experience with that or like, how would you draw that for those people that have heard about it, think about it, but to just say, hey, you should really try it. So good. Because it's hard. I want to use like all that for myself one day. Okay, that was like, that's exactly the practice. And that scenario that you just described with the smelling of the pie. And if you sit down and you give yourself 30 minutes, you might actually be thinking somewhere else for 28 and a half of them. And that minute and a half where you're actually connected back to your breath could be in seconds here and eight seconds there and four seconds there combined up to a minute and a half. That can be the beginning of a meditation practice. And it's super normal. Actually, I love what we're on right now because the reason that I opened my studio Studio, is to make these to, to to be able to make sure that we share to the extent that I can how practical and accessible a meditation practice practice actually is mm-hmm. for everyone. There's nobody exempt from this. We carry it with us wherever we go. Yeah, and that's the whole point. That's the beauty is, of your question right now. Is yeah. that's the whole point of the studio? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great because there's oftentimes well. So I have a meditation bench in my office and it's not there because I need a meditation bench to meditate because I actually almost never use a meditation bench to meditate, but it's there to remind me that I can meditate if I need to in the middle of the day. And now after 15 years of meditating, it doesn't take me as long as it used to take me to get to that place, that like comfort level place. And so, so I would call that, I've explained it as that reset button. I mean, everybody Mm -hmm. has remembers that commercial i think it's staples where they have the the mm-hmm. easy button yeah i think of the reset button yeah. because it literally 90 seconds sometimes i mean sometimes it takes a while but sometimes it's 90 seconds or close to that and i'm like it's it kind of crazy it's like like in the nascar when they rip off a layer of the windshield mm-hmm. like have all these bugs smacked on it and then they whoop, wow you rip That's it off cool and you're like oh wait too, I, yeah. I just you just got rid of a, a like 42 bugs in like yeah. 90 seconds. Like, yeah. how did you do that? And this is the only thing that I know of to be able to do it. 
fun, such a fun analogy. Isn't that the truth? I'll tell you what, the practice that I just did at the start to say, hey, can I check in and name mm-hmm. that? To be able to actually like put my feet on the ground and drop my awareness in there so that I can get myself out of my head into my body and so that I could self-regulate just to be able to burn through that first 60 seconds of like video stuff. Yeah. I would have never been able to do that 15 years ago in short order. You know, I'd no shit. I'd be hiving right now. Like there would be like red physical hives coming up my neck. And I had to speak for work for years with, before I ever had a practice. And I look back on that and I think, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I put myself through it. Number one. And again, number two, why didn't anyone teach me? Right. Like, why didn't anybody give me the goods, you know, yeah. before whatever crazy age it was that I, that I got it. And you know, what you're sharing right now reminds me of, um, I have a friend near and dear. I think the world of him and he competes in his ath- athletic he- field professionally mm-hmm. in open pro and he competes regularly and I saw him a few weeks ago and I, and he had just gotten back from a competition and I said, how'd it go? And he said, I had so much anxiety before and on the floor, I couldn't get out of it to actually do well. And I said, okay. And then he described it and, um, he goes, and, and I'm going to have to figure something out. You know, that's part of it, man. That's part of it. This idea that we always have to figure it all out Mm -hmm. in order for us to have peace or that I need you to be kind to me in order for me to be happy or that I need the world to be straight and in order in order to have some sense of well-being. And, um, so we talked and and he and I had talked before about meditation and he's not a buy-in guy. And so I leave it be, I leave that be. And, um, I brought it up and I just said, listen, I know, I know that this is not your jam, but just for the purpose of what we're talking about to the extent that you're willing to consider it, you know, and I just said, what, what about just a short grounding practice? You know, when you feel yourself going there, you can actually self-regulate, you can regulate your body, you can regulate your emotions and you can kind of get an order for that piece of it and, and pushed back, pushed back. And I just said, I understand no problem, not for you. And I did get into a little bit of the science. I got into what's going on in the brain, like what's going on in the prefrontal cortex when we're under stress Mm -hmm. and our executive function goes offline, our decision-making goes offline, emotion regulation's definitely offline. And um, I I did share some of the, because I know science speaks to him, Mm -hmm. like many of us, right? I mean, that's what I love about secular mindfulness. I mean, it, it, it talks to so many of us. But I got into a little bit of that and I said, I don't mean adopt it as a practice, but even to be able to regulate your body before you're going to do what you do so that you can be what you know you can be yeah. when you go out to do it. Right. And so fast forward, I see him again yesterday, just yesterday. And he said, um, and, and, and they had competed and I said, how did it go? And he said... Um, we had a blast. I said, good for you, you know, and, and we continued and he circles back like a half an hour later. He goes, I have to tell you, I did a couple of your practices <laughs> and, um, they worked. I said, well, now why on earth? I, of course, I had to be a little bit of a smart ass, you know, like why on earth would you do that? Right. And he said, because you know, the, the, the allowing an emotion, one of the things that we had talked about was allowing an emotion to actually make its way through your system to like metabolize through your system on purpose and then to regulate as it does. So like being aware of anxiety, like I can, I can be in anxiety and still sit and be aware of it Mm -hmm. 
and um, watch the qualities of it move through my body, like drop into my body and feel what that feels like. And then over time, what we realize is that we're able to be with this much broader range of experiences than we ever thought we could be. And, and so he said, it made sense. It made sense to me what you said, and I tried it and it worked. And so um, I'm not here to convince people who don't necessarily have an interest or buy in, but I am here to say, for those of you that think there is a better way, of being with the world, of being in relationships, of being in re how you relate to yourself, like noticing our own narrative, right? Yeah. There are practices that are super, super easy. You know, it's not um, difficult, it's just different than what we were taught to do. So it's not that it's hard to do it, it's just different. And yeah. um, my goal is to make that really tangible, really practical, really accessible for people. Well, I think everybody's got a different end in, even yeah. in mind, but yeah. the way it begins is probably everybody's got a different story for how it begins. Yeah. But I think you're going to have a lot of people that have a similar story when they have that front door ability yeah. to come through the front door instead of like, I signed up for martial arts and got meditation. Yeah. You know, I signed yeah. up for martial arts yeah, and got cool. all these friends. <laughs> I signed up for martial arts and feel like when I walked in, I got this higher quality of people. Yeah. Like you're going to have the higher quality of people. Like you're going to have like people that are going through this experience, especially on the front end, kind of together. And I think that's going to be really neat. And yeah, I think there's so many shortfalls in our system, our processes that mm -hmm. for how we groom our young people, mm -hmm. you know, they have no, like, like they're very aware of where the comma goes mm -hmm. and they're not very aware of mm -hmm. where they can go when they have a stressful day. They don't feel like they don't understand mm -hmm. money. There's mm -hmm. all these other areas that yeah. they're falling short in, which is where people like us need to step up and introduce mm -hmm. and, and groom them and train them so that this can be another, like another tool in their satchel kind of, yeah. because I think that's, I think what the, that's one of the things that the COVID stuff really brought out is like how, fragile we are as humans mm -hmm. you know yeah. not just in the physical form but all of the mental problems the mm -hmm. mental struggles that people have had with the isolation and different yeah. and the fear and all the stuff i mean it's it's very 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 stressful mm -hmm. and uh it's hard to tell where some of that comes from yeah you know yeah there's a lot to you, you can find a lot if you look around for you know what to be stressed about for sure and i think dan particularly like um i am adoring of these 20 to 30 year old people in our world mm -hmm. you know i think that they are so willing to go whoa that feels like shit what is that yeah and i don't know i don't want to broad brush too much but like well, our era different. we would like either party through it or we would just burn grind through, through it, it. Or grind, That's it grind through it right. no pain For no sure. pain who the hell said that right I <laughs> you don't know, know like that that whole mentality we were raised with that mentality and we never questioned it we right. never once said well wait that doesn't seem that doesn't seem right, you know? And, and again, I do believe that we are intended for joy. I believe that wholeheartedly. And so examining like what's going on when I'm not, when I'm not sitting in my joy, like why? Yeah. And to be able to even be with that experience and really the practice itself is, is, is training our ability to be aware, like attentional awareness on purpose and like right now, what's going on right now. Yeah. And then the practices to self-regulate those two things. And it can take you down a secular path or it can take you down a spiritual path. There are so many types of meditation, we know this, but um, really when you can kind of narrow it down to just a couple simple things, 
it's not so daunting to say, I want to start a practice or maybe I'll try five minutes. Well, I think what you did at the beginning of this makes it not daunting. Like, I don't know if everybody caught it, if you've been watching all along, but you took, I mean, you, you barely noticed that you took any time to do anything. Yeah. And that was a med- a form of meditation. It was. Like it was like, it happened on camera. Yeah. It happened. We didn't really stop anything. Yeah, we just kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna, I feel my feet and I yeah. like, okay, I'm here. Right. It's like, okay, well, that's not the type of meditation I'm used to, but obviously that's something that you're used to. And there's just, okay. So this is kind of like a Swiss army knife. <laughs> meditation can <laughs> we can use it this way. We can use it this way. It can be a, it can Dan be a saw. It can be a, shit. you know, yes. but it's got all these different facets and everybody's going to use it a little, little different. Yes. Like I've been I've had a struggle, which my friends make immense fun of me for, but I had a couple panic attacks when I was doing mm. uh, triathlons. And since then I have a struggle with bridges. If I'm driving, going over bridges that okay. on the other, that I can't see the other side. Of. Mm-hmm. So like flat bridges, no problem. Bridges I can't see the other side. That it's interesting. like insane. This is new. And for a person, it's seven years old. Okay. And it's from the last triathlon okay. that I freaked out at. Okay. I haven't done another triathlon since then. I've had two of those panic attacks, but it's just, it changes the way you live. And for somebody that's as strong as me, as all the things I am, mm-hmm. you know, that I feel about myself to have this kryptonite yeah. and you're like, okay, so sometimes I'll be in the great place and I'll drive over bridges and I'll be just fine. And other times it's like a real pep talk, like, yeah. you're like focusing on your breath, like slowing it down seven seconds out, hold seven, yeah. you know, all, yeah. all the different things. And it's, it happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people would look at you and hear you talk about it and they'd be like, oh, well, I'm just not like her. Like how you have a meditation practice. How dare you be human? Right. Yeah. Like, so, uh, but she's way up here. I'm way down here. Yeah. And I think about, we had, we used to have this little group that got together. Yeah. We called it the book club, I think. Yeah. And there was a bunch of us together. Yeah. And one of the times we decided we would meditate. Yeah. And I think we meditated for like, I don't know, two minutes, maybe yeah. five. Yeah. And I remember someone in the room saying, I, oh, I can't meditate. I'll yeah. never meditate. Yeah. And five minutes later, we're like, well, you meditate. Oh, well, I didn't really. Med- no, you did. Right. I remember this. Remember? And, and she went in this litany of things that she was thinking about. And, and at the same time, it was a guided meditation. And so the invitation to come back to the breath was there. And when you're in a guided meditation, invited, being invited to come back to your breath, you're going to come back to your breath. Right. And that's exactly what meditation is. You're putting in the reps. Your attention is going to wander. We're human. Yep. If you sit down and think that it's not, then there's no way you're ever going to find yourself, quote, successful in your own mind at that. If you sit down for a practice on purpose and you follow some of the basic um, instructions or invitations that um, somebody guiding you has, assuming that the person guiding you has some experience themselves, then you've meditated. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said the, just earlier, it, that it was a form of meditation for me. And I have meditations like that sprinkled throughout my, now that's not my formal seated contemplative practice. Sure. But that was a grounding practice. That was a meditation practice. I did it with my eyes closed. I did it with other eyes on me. I didn't have to get like in a white robe in a corner on a mountain, you know, right. and I was still able to actually regulate my nervous system so that I could carry on because I want to carry on. Right. <laughs> Say yes. Yeah, it's absolutely. So cool. And it doesn't, um, I think that you become more, uh, what's the best way to say it, Dan? It doesn't mean you're not going to make errors or you're not going to fuck up once in a while. Yeah. 
it, it does mean that when you do blow it, you can identify that more easily for yourself with yourself. Now, I don't want to go down a spiritual path, but like you can atone, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like for me, when I know I've blown it and we still blow it, right? Yeah, We're a lot sure. more mindful in what we do. That, that um, present moment awareness allows us when we get to a point where we're about to either say something that we would regret or do something that we would regret, the awareness practice helps us stop. And the point of empowerment isn't not going forward with that shitty thing to say or not going forward with that action that you might regret. The point of empowerment is, I know I'm right here in this moment. Mm -hmm. Do I want to continue? Or do I want to stop and regulate and do something different or consider it different? That's, that's our freedom. That is the place where we find our freedom is when we're aware of what we're about to do next on purpose. And sometimes you might still just say that thing that you just have to say, like, yeah. got to give this to you, you right. know? Yeah. Or you might rethink that and examine more closely, why do I feel that? And then find something that might come from a little more integrity to say and still have that hard conversation. Yeah. But you keep your footing a little bit more too. Mm -hmm. But you'll still blow it once in a while. Sure. We're still super, you know, human here We're doing this human. whole experience. Yeah. And um, you can just name it better, you know, when you do for yourself. You, you're willing to examine that more closely. You're willing to sit with shame and go, okay, this is where I blew it. And, and you know what you notice is the narrative in your mind when you've done something shitty, you usually want to start defending it in your mind. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, Dan was a dick and he didn't call me back anyway. You know, like all those things that we want to build this case against yes. someone else to justify why we did that crappy thing when in real life we did a crappy thing. You know, and so to be able to stay in your own lane and then sit with the experience of feeling regretful, feeling shame, feeling doubt, feeling fear, fear, all those things that the human experience actually entails. And we spend so much time trying to avoid it, trying to avoid all of those things. Um, like I said earlier, we just begin to have this much broader range of experiences that we can actually be with skillfully and then make our next best decision from that instead of grievances and blame and doubt and all that garbage that we contend with every day. So if we go back, like we're kind of going back and forward, like, so the, the Wixie center for wellness has, I'm assuming like a, it, it seems as though there's several versions of meditation. Yeah. So when you, so what would somebody expect? Like what are the options and what does it feel like and the vibe and I, I'm imagining the vibe, but I'm kind of, I'm wondering like what this looks like. Cause truthfully, my meditation experience is very like two dimensional. Like I've got two different versions of it okay. for me. So I'm imagining you having this like arsenal of different tools and how you introduce people to meditation. Mm -hmm. Could you speak to what's available at the center and yep. kind of how those classes fit together and what they look like and yeah. the process eventually of somebody saying, yeah, I watched that. It looked pretty good. I've actually been thinking about that. Now I have a place I could actually go where somebody can teach me how to do this. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So we just had our open house about a week and a half ago. We've been providing classes and services for about a month and a half. Okay. And right now the different classes and series that we have going are an intro to meditation. So it's for that person who has either never meditated or is trying to um, really get committed into a regular practice or build mm -hmm. upon their own practice. We have um, yoga for arthritis 
and other inflammatory response. That's so um, there's a meditative experience at the front and at the end and actually throughout the whole thing, but really, you know, a little more formal at the beginning and the end. We have sound baths, which, yeah. I, not familiar with this. There's the... There's, no idea. <laughs> like, okay, okay. now... I always really want to do her justice on this too. So Sound Bass with Rebecca Black. Rebecca Black is a Reiki master mm-hmm. and she um, works with tuning forks, crystal bowls, and sound to balance um, our energy center. So she's working with frequency. Okay. This is all measurable. So it's all legit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's an incredible experience. And it's probably in terms of what we have at the studio right now, the, the least amount of work that you'd have to do coming in, mm-hmm. right? Like yoga, you're gonna do some things. Stuff. You're gonna do some things. Yeah. And intro to meditation, I'm, I'm gonna call on you to do some things. Yeah. But um, sound bath, you, you, you would be invited in. Rebecca's gonna describe what she's doing, why she's doing it, how and why it works. She's gonna invite you to set an intention and, and really kind of broad intentions like, um, I wanna be less judgmental. I want to, you know, my last sound bath I was in, I know my intention and it was to um, just let go of any barriers that aren't true. Like the things in my own belief systems that I know aren't, that, that aren't true, but I still let them keep me from being my best. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I want yeah. that shit gone. Um, so set an intention and then she will invite us to let our eyes close and then we can um, keep them open or let them close. She'll invite us to either lie down or sit down. So it's 50-50 in the, in the classes that I've been to so far. Some people want to sit because they're more, com- you know, their, their hips and they're more comfortable seated. And some people are lying down with cushions underneath their knees. And um, she plays crystal bowls. And this is where I wish I had her here right now to, just, to, to talk about the sounds they make and what kind of notes they're in. But Dan, she could be playing crystal bowls like right here where the guys are. And it sounds like she's at that stop sign across the street. Like, where the hell did Rebecca go? You know, and at the end yeah. of everyone, I'm like, Rebecca, you were still, you know, you were still s- sitting with the bulls, right? Because I don't know what's going on. When, yeah, um, and really, it's it's something that integrates with your system for a few days after that, too. Mm. So she encourages you to drink lots of water, take good care, allow that wow. to integrate. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're doing, she did, um, we had sound bass every Wednesday in June. She's going to take the first Wednesday in July off, and she's back to every Wednesday thereafter in July. Very cool. Yeah. We have conscious dance. Ah, okay. I know. So conscious dance is so cool. And it always makes me a little nervous. I always get that high pitch when I talk about yeah. it at first because it makes me nervous. I participate in everything uh-huh. at the studio. So I'm in all of these. And conscious dance with Joni Johnson is awesome. I'm a dancer. I train for dance. Okay. But this is not what we're doing in like a choreography or a Latin dance or anything like that. This is literally the opposite. This is let your eyes close. We're going to play rhythm and we're going to invite you to move your body. Wow. It's wild, Dan. That's oh my wild. goodness, come to it sometime. <laughs> I would love. I would love to do that. That's love, way love, outside love of my have. range, though. I yeah. can tell you. Yeah. That's it's cool. super cool. It's super cool. And then we start Mindfulness for Youth in um, July getting young people a space to come in and begin their own secular practices. Anytime we're working with youth, it's purely secular. Um, My intro to meditation is purely secular too. Yeah. Um, But really for youth, that's, you know, super important. So how, when you say youth, like how old might somebody, what age would you recommend the introduction to meditation formally in this way, in this fashion? Good question. Research says as early as four and five. Um, 
Now, obviously, I'm going to I'm going to digress for just a second. So here's here's what we know about humans and and brain development. Our brain is not fully developed to self-regulate on our own until early to mid 20s. Holy shit, right? Early to mid 20s. Think of that. That explains a lot of things, doesn't it? (laughs) And so what we do, what happens is we actually attune to the adult in the room. Our youth will attune to the adult in the room. This is why caregiver's health is so important. This is why I dig working with adults because the kids are cool, we're messy. Mm -hmm. And when kids are literally regulating from where we are, so if if they, um, you know, stub their toe, get hurt, cry, tantrum, they're gonna need a stable adult to regulate to, fully. Right. Okay. Um, So they say for like the curriculum, you know, as early as five, but babies with a regulated adult is still, like I am a big proponent of meditate with your baby. <laughs> meditate with your baby in your belly, meditate when that baby comes out of your belly, like mm-hmm. really do something to regulate your system on the regular so that that baby is getting that attunement. And that's where, healthy, that's where that healthy development actually comes from. So I'm not here to blame anyone for anything right. and all that, right? Because you go there, right? I think, man, I was a mess before I started my practice. Right. I had two kids that were four and eight at that point mm-hmm. before I even started to meditate. Right. So you, you spend a little time going, holy cow. So to answer the question as early as, you know, four, five, six, and our classes will start at eight and nine awesome. right now. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yep. Good. So if somebody wanted to find you, yeah. like you're in mommy, we're so in mommy. we're at mommy okay. and where can they find you if they're like Googling okay. this, how do they not stumble into you, but deliberately find you? Okay. So our physical location is in mommy and we're located, um, this is where Le Petit Gourmet gets the plug because we're located in, right in those um in the commercial space around Le Petit Gourmet. And if you don't know where that is, that is off of Briarfield, mm-hmm. um, which is off of Salisbury Road, Salisbury Dussel Road. So it's a mommy location. All of our classes are found on our booking site, okay. which is wixiecenter.com. Awesome. And the website is not yet done. So um, now I might have the red itch, right? Because <laughs> the website can take me there every time. But um, all of the offerings, all of the classes that we take. they can find it yes. at wixiecenter.com. Yes. So that's the important thing that they yes. can find. Because this is, you know, as a, a new business to yeah. be able to, like being able to go find the, the times and the places and that yes. stuff is, is the most important thing. And being able to introduce more of our people. Because we have some of the same people. We share some people that we we're do. close friends with. We do. And so it's pretty neat to hear like this this pivot in your life and career and path. Thank you. Yeah, I sold that business I mentioned a little while ago. I sold that business in November of 2020. I took just a little bit of time off to make sure I knew what I wanted to do next. I knew it was to do this work. I also work with um, schools and business organizations for um, employee wellness. Mm -hmm. So I'm also out in the field for that work. So what we've talked about today is more studio work and meditation itself, which I think is the important conversation. Um, But I sold sold that and... um, it was 10 years. It was great. It was a great business. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm having fun. It's That's different awesome. than the you know traditional type yeah, of industry sure. that we, we come from and different type of work. Well, I think when you have the ability, like sometimes when we're running a business, you get caught up in the business part of the business. And then this is a nice business that brings you back to like day to day seeing you help people. Mm-hmm. 
you know? And I feel like that about my job. Like it's kind of hard because sometimes I'm running the business and other times I'm like in the trenches kind of with people, but you realize how valuable when something happens in their life, that's not on the normal path. You realize like, this is when, okay, this is happening. This is when people, it's really good that they have a meditation practice. It's really good that they have put these other things in place. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate your time this morning. Sorry. I did not give you the full heads up on the (laughs) like attire and how we're going to, that that this is going to be in person and it's going to be really humid outside. So, but you're beautiful as always and awesome, a great conversation. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yep. Cheers. Thanks for watching. 